This is KP. And this is Kai. And, and this, this is You Had Me at Fraud. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker, commenter, expert, or host. They do not explicitly or necessarily reflect nor represent the podcaster's policies or views held by this podcast. The podcast or its channels cannot be held accountable for all or any views expressed on this podcast. And as always, listeners' discretion is advised. Hey y'all! Hey everybody! We are back with another one, another one. Episode fifty. Episode fifty. Fifty episodes. Look at us, Mahler. We gonna make it. We gonna make it. Mm-hmm. We got fifty episodes. So we eight is up from here. Yep. If it's up, then it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of Cardi B. Okay, y'all. So today we have a different one. Kind of a different one, right? We haven't really done one like this before. Mm -mm. I feel like. This was more of an operation. But the person it's about is Uncle Jerry. A.K.A. Jerome Jerry Jacobson. (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot going on (laughs) Jerome Jacob Jerry JJJ his name is my name too oh my god (laughs) every (laughs) week I want the people on the show (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry y'all if y'all remember that give us a five star rating (laughs) (laughs) okay so a lot of people didn't know about this scam that we're doing today. And it's, you'll find out later why people, a lot of people don't remember this scam. So this scam is about the Monopoly McDonald's scams. Y'all remember those? Y'all remember that? Mm. I never got any luck. Actually, I'm lying. I did get like a free drink one time and a free fry. I got a free fry before. But that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted either. I wanted that some money. I wanted that million dollar piece. Money. And I almost had like all the railroads too one time. Was you I just needed one railroad. And I remember I had There a, was a reason why I didn't get that one railroad. I had a friend that had the one railroad, right? And they would not give me that railroad. <laughs> Isn't that messed up? <laughs> they said. Because they, they, they needed one more too. So they wouldn't give me that railroad. I was so pissed off. Well, how was that messed up then? Because I wanted that railroad. We wow. could have been millionaires. I could have split the money. <laughs> they wasn't thinking at the time. We was down bad. We were working in, you know. I'm not down bad. We had a little, you know, Bad job. conditions. Had a little minimum wage job. That could have set us both up for life. Could have we wouldn't have learned no life. lessons. And then we wouldn't have been doing this. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay, y'all, so this story starts off as Jerry Jacobson. So he joined Dentler Brothers Printing Company as a security personnel in 1981 when a disease called 
Give me give, give me a second. Delambare. You know about that? Delambare. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Look it up real quick. Lord. Delambare. He had Delambare. So what is it? This it's where the a rare um disorder where the immune system attacks its nerves. The immune system attacks its nerves. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he had that, and it's called what is it called? It's called y'all. Gullion Barre syndrome. It's a gull- oh, wait G Ya Barre. They they because they broke it down right here. Giabare syndrome. Okay, a Giabare syndrome. You was on there saying Gullimbare. Basically, the power with your immune system, natural defense to fight off illnesses and infections. So basically, it causes you to not be able to fight off like germs and stuff like that. So that's what he had, and unfortunately. That cost him a career as a police officer. So he was stuck working as a security officer. So he would take his job very serious. And when I say very serious, he would check employees' shoes before they left. And even he wouldn't let anybody go to the bathroom alone. I hate people that's like, I mean, I, it's good to do your job well, but when you take it that, sir, don't follow me. I'm coming to the, to bathroom. the bathroom with you. They probably be peeking under the stalls. <laughs> what you doing in there? Take it too long. They don't want to be clocking your time. Do you smell it? <laughs> <laughs> what do it. Stop. <laughs> All right, so. Pretty soon, he became the head of security for Simon Marketing. Now, Simon Marketing was the company to whom used his previous company's printing to make game pieces for McDonald's Monopoly and for Do You Want to Be a Millionaire game. Ooh, I always want to be on that game. So, I know. And I'm still here working paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> Why you look at me like that? Because you too. <laughs> because who? Because who we work for? I know. I know. Okay. So, you know, he's the he's now the security uh, head of security to this company, and okay, so six years. <laughs> Into uh, him working there, McDonald's did a big game where you would have to find the boardwalk piece of all four railroads and you can win up to a million dollars or smaller prizes like a free apple pie, a fry, or a burger. I ain't want none of that. (laughs) Okay, so the idea wasn't McDonald's idea, though. It was Simon marketing idea. So it wasn't even McDonald's idea, but they were the ones, you know, that got the got the game. Mm-hmm. So, what if they did Wendy's instead? Would Wendy's be bigger? 
I think I think even I think well, not, I think McDonald's is as big a period because McDonald's was bigger than um, Wendy's. Yeah, I was just thinking if that game was for another because I don't think any other has any other um, fast food restaurant done other something like that. I don't, I don't think remember so. Not. Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah, me either. Okay, so. Jerome just so happened to be the guy that was in charge of transferring those winning pieces. Mm-hmm. So he had to transport these different packages, pieces to different um, packing facilities <laughs> where they would place the game pieces on cups and burger container boxes. And fry boxes, too. And fry boxes. These were carried in tamper-proof envelopes so that no one could open them. But, you know, somebody had to watch him. So an auditor will follow him anywhere he went to make sure the pieces were secure. So he had another set of eyes on them. They were serious, like, mm we don't trust you. <laughs> we about to watch you. Okay, so it was up to um computer programmers to you know well it's computer it was generating the winners basically so the winning ticket will go on to pick a winner and one time jerry caught on that this ticket picked canada and the people went in and changed it to america Instead of Canada. I don't know if... I don't know what that had... Like, I don't know what... Maybe... Why? For, maybe the game was for only the United States or something. I don't know. Was it a worldwide thing? They or? changed it. I don't know the specific. I think it was for Canada too, though. Oh. But as soon as he peeped that... Well, isn't that, like, messed up, though? Yes. So that's what Jerry thought. Good thing you said that. That's what Jerry thought that, you know... He was like, that's rigged. That's not right. So, of course, since he thought it was rigged, he thought he he basically wanted to join the action. He was like, y'all rigging the game. Why don't I rig the game? Mm -hmm. So, he kept all of the info and documentation from them, you know. It was called the Canadian operation. So, he kept all that info as leverage in case he got caught. Okay. So, in 1989, that's the year I was... Brought into this world. Wait, this was happening back then? Yes. So this was over, uh, this was for over think 22 years. When we was in, I think I was in either house, I think it was in high school, some, something like that happened before too. Yeah, he, this was over a long span. span. Oh, shoot, that was yes. him? Over 20 something years. Wow. Yeah. That I mean, a lot of people did it. But. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people did it, but you know, he was the one that basically was the ace boom coon. Mm. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so he kept those documentations as leverage basically. So in nineteen eighty nine, Jacob traveled the country dropping off different winning pieces. And the auditor will be right on his tracks. But one day, he knew a place that the auditor wouldn't go. Where's that? And that's the bathroom. (laughs) 
So one day, he went to the men's bathroom, removed the winning tickets from the envelopes, and pocketed them. And then he filled the envelopes with normal pieces. Then he resealed them with the extra resales he had. This went on for over 12 years. Okay, so Jerry knew he could not claim the pieces himself (laughs) because he was basically, yeah, (laughs) he could not reclaim the pieces himself because he was, you know, he worked with the company technically. Mm. And he knew that they would, they will basically catch on to him. So he would go to close family and friends, promising them generous offerings for them to take these pieces. So basically, he would give them the winning pieces and they would have to give him a portion of their winnings. So he even would sell the pieces at a discounted price for money. But he will only do this like to close people, associates or whatever. So on one instance, he gave someone a $25,000 winning piece to his best. It was to his stepbrother. Mm. He then sold a 10000 winning piece to his butcher for $2,000. So he's selling pieces. Yes. He out there slinging McDonald's pieces. He was selling, <laughs> selling coupons. so y'all jerry wasn't uh, the only mcdonald's scammer though he wasn't the only one stealing tickets because somebody in denver stole a mcdonald's employee in denver stole three thousand pieces off of the spool of because back in the day they weren't on cartons and stuff well, they were, but you could also come in and get a, ask them for a piece for free. They couldn't. Don't you know how we couldn't do that? Basically, mm-hmm. back in the day, they kept a, like a roll of them, and they you just walk in, they ask them for a piece, and they give it to you. So this employee stole three thousand pieces off the spool. Three thousand. Yes. So basically, his chances went up by three thousand because if one of those were winning piece, he probably had a lot of free <laughs> apple pie. <laughs> what if that whole spool was nothing but fries and apple pies and drinks? I would have been so mad. <laughs> no money. That is not what we came here for. That's not what I stole for. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so in a basically, um, this was. Oh, I basically explained that this was when y'all you could just walk in and get them, but they will be for free because it wouldn't be considered gambling. You know, at one point, gambling was illegal. So, also, through this time, they were also having a lot of armed robberies for these yeah, uh, winning yeah. pieces, too. So much so that McDonald's had to redo the way they did these pieces because they even went so far as to having people behind, what's that stuff? Plexiglass? Yes. <laughs> I know the name so fast. <laughs> right. They had even went so far to have people on those. Isn't that crazy? Giving them out. I was like, uh, how about... I, I did not sign this? up for this. <laughs> I did not come to McDonald's to get my... Where are my winning pieces? Right. 
<laughs> Y'all not paying me enough for this. Okay. So this is basically they were hand the pieces from a secured counter and this actually stopped Jerry's operation until 95, 1995. So he stopped for a while. They jumped back up and did it again. Uh, so in 1995, McDonald's started putting the pieces everywhere on drinks, burgers, even bags, even ads and magazines, which I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know. So that was an interesting fact. Could you imagine people... <laughs> Like stealing them out the magazines. Yeah, I would. Store. You probably would. At the one. Shut up. <laughs> Y'all, I will tell my own story. Oh, uh, back in the day when there was some boy bands I liked. Was it immature? I know. Oh, that was me. I used to go to the. <laughs> I used to go to the. She used to go down to the liquor store. No. <laughs> I was used to go out to the local Rite Aid where they would sell like the teen magazines and I will I will pull a poster out and slip it in my coat. I didn't take the whole magazine. Shoot. I wasn't stealing. You took what they was coming there for. <laughs> <laughs> Just like them tickets. And I was known in school for having the best like posters and pictures on my binder and oh, stuff. Oh, you took pride in stealing, didn't you? Little I didn't steal them all. I bought a lot. I bought 99.9% of that stuff with my allowance. So you only stole one poster? Maybe one or two. One or two. Seriously. One or two. I just slipped it, it right Was there a out. poster? Oh, no, that was a CD you stole from me. I didn't steal it. I gave it back. I just I borrowed it for the day. <laughs> I borrowed it for the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's his name? Go on, Gerard Jr. Go on, finish telling <laughs> Okay, y'all. So at this time, his operation was still small, and he was sure to only deal with family and friends, but he wanted more. You know, when they get more, they end up getting caught. I wonder how much he was selling them for. I don't know. But they had to give him a portion, so I guess it was enough, huh? And it was enough for the people to say, agree to it. And I, you know, if it was somebody said, oh, if I give you a thousand dollar piece, they'd probably be like, what? No. (laughs) Okay. So, like I said, he wanted more. So one day while he was at an Atlanta um, airport, he met mobster Delero Colombo. Isn't that a name? Delero Colombo. So, De- Colombo had a reputation for being part of the New York Colombo crime family, and he became the Al Capone of the Monopoly McDonald's game scam. He was even a- in a McDonald's commercial for after him? illegally winning a Dodge Viper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine? Up there cheesing and smiling in front of your car. I won. I won. I won it. I did this McDonald's. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm going to show my face. Yes, he won a red Dodge Viper. So, 
Whew, that was funny. After Jerry spoke to Jalero, he went in on the scam. Now he connected. Now he's connected to the mob after Jalero introduced him to his friends and family. And that's where they gave him the name Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Creepy. Like crazy. Jumps out the wall at you. A clown. Uncle Jerry. (laughs) Now I was like, Gerard. Is his name Jerome or Gerard? His first name is Jerome. (laughs) I said Jerome and how. Martin reference. Okay, (laughs) so. Okay, so the scam grew and they got more and more money. Jalero introduced Jerry to more and more people that showed interest in the scam. But uh, Jalero acted as the middleman. Most of the buyers and the winners lived in the southeast part of the U.S. I wonder why. Most of um shoot if they was rigging it so the Canada couldn't win that time it's probably rigging it no, so no I'm talking about the people that was buying from them the fake pieces I mean oh because that's where they yeah went most of the time so so basically multiple people of course couldn't claim their prizes all in one spot or they look suspicious so they would distribute tickets in different states. At one point, even Delero's father traveled all the way from Florida to New Hampshire to get his winning ticket. They had the customers fly to them? No. So, so he just Well, yeah, it. I guess. So, basically, he couldn't claim one where he lived at because somebody had already claimed the winning ticket because, you know, they only put a certain mm. amount in. So he had to go to a whole other state and claim the winning ticket in another state. So he chose to go to New Hampshire to get his winning ticket. I mean, winning piece. So. but That's too much work. It is very much. I already give up. And I'll all constantly be looking over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, they know I sold a McDonald's piece. All this for McDonald's piece. <laughs> you try it. Looking crazy. You never see me at another McDonald's again. Like, I don't go there. <laughs> or you see me there all the time. Be like, no, I go to McDonald's all the time. <laughs> I want this fan square. <laughs> Honey. Honey. I'll be on the news. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jerry and his wife, Linda, moved into a beautiful mansion in Georgia, y'all. Mm. He even spent $65,000 on a classic car. He owned a lakefront property and went on regular cruises. He also went from, you know, wearing a basic clothing to expensive suits. And he even went by the name Gerardo Constantino. What? He just gave himself a whole nother identity. <laughs> he was creating the person he wanted to be, honey. <laughs> Okay, so unfortunately, Delero Colombo was killed in a car accident. And it was bad, y'all. The car accident was so bad, the whole front of the car was gone. 
But surprisingly, his wife survived. Did they say how? They didn't say how. They didn't go into details, but she survived. And if you look at the pictures, I'm going to try to include one of the pictures. Should I do that? On our Instagram page at you had me at fraud. And if you see these pictures, you would be like, how did they survive this? How did she survive this crash? I want to know. Like she probably like, I would think maybe she fell out before the impact or something. I don't know. But if you look at it, you'd be like, there's no survivors. Okay, so, so his the mom family thought this was very suspicious and did their own investigation on his wife, Robin, because they was like, how did she survive this crash and he didn't? Now, keep this in mind for later on, y'all. So, this left Jerry to change the way they did their operation. He found two men who would take his scam to the next level. And their name was Andrew Long and Richard Corche. They worked as recruiters to get as many prospects as they could get. Long didn't need the money. So he would give off, you know, his winning. I mean, his, his tickets to friends. And people that were, you know, down on their luck. Which most of these people were a part of his old crime. Was part of his, well, some of his old crime associates. So, that's where you made a mistake, sir. <laughs> but his, his choice of winners were attracting the wrong attention. Because on one instance, one of the winners had previously pled guilty to drug trafficking charges in 1999 now long had actually thought this associate that he gave this piece to owned the fried chicken spot <laughs> business and he thought you know he was a legal legit person now if he one of your old crime associates what makes you think he was legal he knew he was illegal <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other guy, Coche, handed over 18 grand of his prize tickets, which included. Oh, so he sold, he get turned over over 18 grand of prize tickets to a group of friends, which included over a dozen, dozen of those were a million dollar prizes. All in one state. Most likely. Well, they probably knew they couldn't all. Maybe. I don't know. But they know they couldn't do that in one state. Because I was going to say. Because it would be too suspicious. They all turned it in. They would have been like, whoa, something's really wrong. Well, you know what happened? Is that what happened? They all won. Every member of that group won out of those 18 grand. Mm -hmm. All of them won the top prizes, which caused suspicion. So in 2000, somebody got fired at that job. It wasn't even their fault. Right. So in 2000, the FBI received an anonymous tip. Mm-hmm. We know about anonymous tips from our last episode about the coupons. Coupons. <laughs> okay. 
So they got this anonymous tip that basically outlined the whole McDonald's fraud scam. The tip said one of the million dollar winners were fake and that the person in question was Robin's father. Remember Robin, y'all? I told y'all to keep that in y'all heads. This is Jalero's, the one that died in a car accident's wife. Her father got the one million dollar prize. And they, that's who the tipster was calling in about. Okay, so. Well, actually, the tipsters were his family. This was Delaro's family calling it in retaliation because oh. they thought the wife was a part of his death. And they that it was no idea she survived this. And they basically thought she planned his death. So she could, you know, scam mm-hmm. and give her father these pieces or whatever. So they also said in a tip that to look into a guy named Uncle Jerry and said that he was the ringleader behind the whole thing. Mm. Doesn't that messed up? That's- I, would, I would be like, wait a minute but, I mean, if they was going to retaliate... Right, when they was scamming themselves. So that's that's what didn't make sense to me. If you scamming yourself, why are you over here? Huh? Why are you <laughs> over here? But, y'all, of course, now the FBI began investigating and wiretapped Robin's father's, you know, phones and it was even tracking everything he did. So they discovered that Robin's father was not honest about how he got that ticket. They found out his real home was in Florida. And he claimed to have found the ticket while living in New Hampshire for one year. So you know the FBI looked into this. And they found out that they found out that there was no property in his name in New Hampshire, nor was there an electricity bill in New Hampshire with his name on it. Mm. So they knew he was lying. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's crazy. Gotcha. Like how why did you how did you think that that was gonna work? Right. This this at this point just tell the truth. Cause you know the FBI gonna keep looking. So during that investigation, they also found that several other winners had been lying about their addresses and claiming the tickets. And they soon found out that multiple portions of the winnings were being rerouted back to, quote-unquote, Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. So now they got Uncle Jerry on the line. <laughs> this case had 25 agents working on it, and this case was called Operation Final Answer. They wanted to get to that final answer. So after tracking over 20,000 phone calls and numbers and multiple telephone calls, they were ready to move in. That same year, Jerry met someone named Dwight Baker, a real estate developer, and he was also part of the Mormon community, which became his ally. But little did they know, they were tracking phone calls between the two. And soon, they let McDonald's know they were being scammed. (laughs) 
So the FBI let McDonald's know, like, hello, y'all are being scammed. Y'all don't even know it. So McDonald's had to make a choice to either stop, because this was near an upcoming big game that was about to, you know, start. So they was like, you know, y'all are being scammed. So do you want to stop this? Um, Do you want to actually start this game? Or do you want to cancel it before y'all get scammed again? Mm. So the FBI basically convinced McDonald's to do the game so they can get their last bit of evidence. So when they did this, <clears throat> they tracked down the winner to the next game piece. Now, the FBI posed as a film crew and went to Michael Hoover, which was the next winner of the million dollar prize. And, and he brought the piece. Yes. Oh my God. But he had no idea that the, his film crew who was filming him with a big check. Oh, what? <laughs> well, all the FBI. Went on your way to jail. One <laughs> way ticket to jail. <laughs> Federal prison. Federal. So they, um, Uncle Jerry was then exposed, y'all. He was exposed. Everyone was arrested. But Jerry had one last trick up his sleeve. A member of the St. Jude's Children's Hospital found a million-dollar piece on their desk. Now, mind you, the FBI could not track to where this million-dollar piece came from. Mm -hmm. But later, Jerry tried to use this in court to lessen his sentence. Like, oh, I gave this piece to you know St. Jude's you know I had some compassion I had some heart no they wasn't having it he was trying to get a way out right he thought he said he thought he was gonna give it to St. Jude's (laughs) (laughs) so mm, Jerry's assets were seized y'all and they took all his cars and even his homes most people actually don't even remember this because the case started on September the 10th of 2001. And if everybody in this country should know what happened the day after September 11th happened the next day and it overshadowed this case. So 50 people who were connected to this scam were charged with mail fraud and money laundering. Couché and Long, remember those two men that was helping him? They were both sentenced to one year and one day. Now, Jerry, he pled guilty and got 37 months in jail. He was ordered to pay $12.5 million in restitution back to McDonald's. McDonald's told St. Jude's to keep the money. Which, that was a nice gesture. Yeah, Help the kids. Yeah, of course. You know. So, they received the million dollar, the rest of the million dollar pieces, they got their money back for all those pieces. And um, Long and Jerry, they still are in contact with each other. And they often joke about, so Long often calls Jerry and be like, you have any more of those pieces? This is a joke. <laughs> well, I, uh, I would have been like, shut the hell up. 
I would be like, uh, is this a serious question? <laughs> right. Did we just get in jail for this? Okay, so if y'all didn't know, this is a little extra uh, fact. In 2020, HBO did a tell-all called McMillions about this case based off Jerry's scams. Yep. It was a movie? Yeah, they did. Well, it's a um, documentary called McMillions. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yep. It's a me, make a millions. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a me, Mario. What? <laughs> what? Why you make that face? Was that wrong? <laughs> so oh my gosh so that was the case of Jerome Jerry Jacobson the guy who scanned McDonald's out of millions so what do you think about this case sis I feel like it was a lot of work for you to go and get like get your piece and then go to another state and claim it. Right. I mean, I if, you, if all um, those people that bought like did they arrest the people that got um that bought those pieces from him? Over fifty people got arrested. So what if it was like everybody that got a piece? <laughs> I don't know how much they was giving him after um the winnings or whatever, like what he was charging them or whatever. Mm. That's a good question. It's a very good question. It, I mean, if he's able to buy himself all these nice... A lake house. Yeah. Lakeshore house and uh, what else? A car, oh. classic cars. So he was probably getting a pretty hefty penny. Yeah. So, y'all, that was this, the case. I wonder if he had to hire a loan shark if they wasn't going to give him the money. Cause I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't have trusted him. The mob? No. So the mob basically ratted him out. Because they thought he had something to do with the Dude, death. right. Like I said, at least they handled it that way handled, instead of handling you right. it another way. You're right. They could have came and got justice themselves. But, you know, they gave him the... Now that's tricky because what wouldn't they think he would tell on them? Unless they threatened him or something. That's scary. Right? I would be like, I have nothing to do with this. I don't know these people, y'all know. I don't know these the people. The last time I, I went to McDonald's people. I had a, a McDouble. A small orange and a soda. small fry and a crush. I mean, a high C. They don't have crush. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's not the place that has it. Dang. Mm. I could have been one of them women. <laughs> he stole your chance. This 50 people stole my chance. Yeah. How do y'all feel about that? Yeah. We over here winning pies and fries. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't getting no money. <laughs> I didn't even get a dollar. You got a dollar through that pie and fry. 
Yeah, I guess. I saved some money on a pirate You got $3, girl. Look at that. You could have won. Has any of our listeners ever won a, a McDonald's money from these pieces? If so, leave us a comment. Y'all can comment on our Instagram. Y'all can comment on Spotify. Y'all can comment on Apple Music. Apple Podcasts, I'm sorry. Um, Y'all could even send us an email. Mm -hmm. And we'll read it our next episode. Anonymously, of course. Nobody. Um, Yeah, so let us know. And you can follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts subscribe to us you can leave us reviews we love reviews you can uh if you're ever looking for any pictures connected to the case they will always be on our instagram at the handle is you had me at fraud um i think that is it do you have anything else to say sis next week is Episode 51, hun. Uh, and thank you for listening today. Thank <laughs> you, guys. We will see y'all next ep- episode. <laughs> Why you sound like that? <laughs> I don't know. What did I sound said like? next episode. We will see y'all next episode. I mean, we will, y'all will hear from us next episode. Episode 51. 51. And the next one's going to be by Kai. Kai and K. K and Kai. No, by you. And K. <laughs> K and Kai. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all have a good day. Good, good night. Morning, good good night. evening. And... Arrivederci. What's that mean? That means goodbye. Till later. Goodbye. Farewell. We didn't ask for that. We did. We did. We we gonna stop. Okay. I had to pat on the back, y'all. I had to pat on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, bye, y'all. Bye, bye.